Welcome to the Ditch That Textbook Podcast, your source for practical teaching ideas using technology, creativity, and student engagement. Listen, learn, and plan your lessons for class tomorrow. Now here are your hosts, Matt Miller and Carly Mora. So we just wrapped up Thanksgiving break. If you're listening to this and you're in the United States, then this was probably you know a couple of days off for you as well. And um, Carly and I are recording this on a Sunday. So we've got about three or four days of our Thanksgiving break under our belts. And I don't know about you, Carly, but my my belt is not fitting quite as well. Like I I totally overdid it, I think, for Thanksgiving. I think that's what you're supposed to do though, right? Like, so I think if you, if your pants still fit after Thanksgiving, you didn't do it right. And uh, yeah. I definitely feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we had um, five days off. It was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the the weekend, of course. And so it was like making the rounds and uh, having all of the traditional Thanksgiving uh, foods and everything. So Carly, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Give me your, your hall of fame of Thanksgiving food. What are a few of the things that make the list for you? Oh goodness. I'm the worst. I don't really love Thanksgiving food. So oh, yeah? but I do love pumpkin pie. So I think that that's my favorite um, because that is very Thanksgiving. Um, but um, and then I kind of like all the appetizers that come out before the Thanksgiving food. I usually fill uh-huh. up on those. So um, I would yeah. say the before the meal and after the meal are my favorites. So what about you? What are your favorites? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I I always look forward to turkey. Um my mom makes a really good cornbread stuffing, so or cornbread dressing, so you know, really really like that as well. Um I'm one of those that will take the Thanksgiving leftovers and turn all of them into a big sandwich like afterwards. If you've ever watched Fringe, you probably mm-hmm. know the you know the Ross and his uh his Thanksgiving sandwich. So I'll I'll do some of that as well. So um yeah, but you know we're we're getting down to the the crunch time here before winter break, at least here in the United States, and we've got some uh, news and updates, and we're going to be talking some about artificial intelligence and everything. We got a good show for you all. Hopefully, you'll be thankful for this episode by the time we're all done with it. So let's go ahead and jump over into our news and updates. News and updates. All right, so we have some. News and updates, and one of them is just like you were talking about AI, and um, it looks like YouTube will soon be, they just announced that they will soon be requiring uh, creators to disclose the use of AI in a video that will result in a label showing that the videos are synthetic. And I think that's, that's pretty big news because they're requiring that creators will say, I created this with AI. And again, who who knows where the line will be drawn with how much is created with AI, how much is not created with AI. But um, I think it's interesting that um, that YouTube is addressing this, this issue because there's been a lot of creations that have been made. And, um, and I think this is big. This is big news. Yeah, it's it's definitely it sort of plays into a lot of what many of us have been talking about with, you know, media literacy and digital literacy and ethics related to using artificial intelligence and everything. So um, and like you said, it'll be interesting to see where where the line is drawn, because, you know, are we talking about 
something was touched up by artificial intelligence, something was completely created by artificial intelligence, one section of the video was done by artificial intelligence. Like it's just it's such a, a blurry line there that it'll it'll be interesting. But I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. So um in addition to that, we also wanted to let you all know that we have started a new community here at Ditch That Textbook called AI for Admins. If you get our email newsletter, and actually, if you don't, you can go to ditch.link slash join and get in on that. But if you are, if you've been following our email newsletter, we just released this last week. It is a place where you can interact with other people. Uh, now, when it says AI for admins, what we're really talking about is people who consider themselves school leaders. And so a school leader could be someone who is in a leadership position, but is still a teacher. It could be someone who is influential in making AI decisions in their school. And of course, you know, that goes all the way up through you know, instructional and tech coaches, building principals, superintendents, curriculum, IT directors, like in any of that stuff, anybody who's, you know, making those decisions, this is a place for you to be able to talk through some of those tough decisions for us to be able to post some resources that might be helpful. And then we're going to try to keep you kind of up to date on uh, everything that's going on. And of course, the nice thing about it is the price. Uh, it's totally free. So uh, our hope is to uh, take this. It's it's kind of like a combination email newsletter slash community. So the hope is to try to send a little email newsletter every so often and then also open up some discussions in the community so that we can kind of talk through things. So um, I mean, we've already had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people sign up for this thing. We've already had dozens of people post to the community. So if you're listening to this, then uh, you can uh, head over to ditch.link slash AI for admins and get signed up for this for free if you want to. And other big news is that our Ditch That Textbook Digital Summit is just a few weeks away. And so mark your calendars, December 11th. Uh, it begins and it's going to be a fantastic conference. Um, as always, we have fantastic speakers and um, some great spotlight sponsor sessions. It's going to be a fantastic conference. So it begins, like I said, December 11th and ends January 5th. Absolutely. That's our free online conference for teachers. And so if you get the email newsletter, you're going to get everything that you need to participate in the Ditch Summit. Um, so you don't have to sign up or anything. But if you know some folks that might like to, they can go to ditchsummit.com and get signed up. So uh, that catches you up for all of our news and updates for this episode. The Big Idea. For today's big idea, we wanted to go with something related to artificial intelligence. And in this particular one, it's something that I think teachers have started with artificial intelligence on, as in they start to see some of the AI assistants like ChatGPT and Bing and Bard and all of those. And when they start to realize, oh, wow, this could save me some time helping me um, in the classroom, one of the very first things that I hear them say is, oh, this could help me write lesson plans. And so our big idea for today is just the idea that you can use AI to help you with a variety of different parts of the lesson plan process. Now, what we're, what we're hoping to do here is to go a little deeper than to just say, oh, go to ChatGPT and ask it to write you some lessons. Like you can do that and that's that's totally fine, but it, it's a little bit more nuanced than that because if you want to get some specifics out of it, it's... Um, 
it's it's definitely really powerful to be able to do that. And um, Carly, I don't know about you, but I've I've seen an awful lot of uh, educators sort of tinkering with this idea of using AI to help them with lesson plans. Yeah, I think that having an AI tool help you plan a lesson is the first thing we think about as a time saver and being able to grab some of these tools that will create content for you of what, what you need immediately um, right away or a quick quiz are things that, that educators will jump at the chance to do because they only have so much time. And so being able to do something quickly, what you need, get it done, get out of there and get on with your life is is what, what we're hoping AI will do for teachers. And it looks like it is. And we've seen um, a lot of teachers doing great things with AI. And we've seen a lot of the tools that we already love using AI to enhance their product and make it even easier for teachers to use, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I do too. So, um, so one of the one of the first things that I think you can do if you haven't started dabbling in this too much is just to go to one of your AI assistants like ChatGPT or Microsoft Bing, which uh, is now either being rebranded as Copilot or the AI part is being split off as Copilot. It's free, also, or Google Bard or really any of the. AI assistance and just uh, getting some assistance with your lesson planning. Now, um, one thing that people will do sometimes is just go and do that first prompt and say, you know, write me some lesson plans. Uh, but a lot of these tools are really made to have kind of a back and forth, almost like a dialogue, so to speak. And so whenever you get that first draft that it creates you, and really, if you think of it as a tool to create you a draft, you know, that first draft, then I think your mind is in the right place. I think that sometimes people think, oh, I'm going to go ask AI for some lesson plans and then I won't have to do lesson plans. Well, we're not there yet. We're not at that point where it's just going to give you a perfect draft that you can just go run with. Uh, the way I like to think of it is if it's a task that takes you 20 minutes, you know, like lesson planning, you know, might take you, say, for instance, 20 minutes, and it might take you a lot longer than 20 minutes, I don't know. But uh, for argument's sake, if it's 20 minutes, it might shorten it down to 12, or it might shorten it down to eight. It's not going to shorten it down to zero, but it will take some of that, that time away. And really, a lot of it is, um, has to do with prompting and then replying, you know, just kind of like going back to it over and over again and refining. So you might ask an AI assistant for, you know, lesson plans about something in particular. And then you look through at that draft and you go, okay, I can use some of that. And so maybe you copy some of that and throw it into a document so that you can keep it. Or maybe you look at it and you follow up with the AI assistant and you say, I like that second part that you suggested. Can you give me details on that? Can you show me how that would look? You know, could you give me more information about that? And then it'll follow up. And of course, that's part of the brilliance of using an AI assistant like ChatGPT to lesson plan is that it knows what it's created. And so if you want to follow up and ask it for more information about something that it's it said, that it's smart and it knows how to do that. So honestly, I think for anybody who's wanting to start to dabble in all of this, I I think that's a good first place, a good place to start. Mm -hmm. 
I, and I think like tools like say Magic School AI, they have their own chatbot Reina built in. And so when you create the prompt and you say you ask it to um, to create content, then you can ask Reina for follow up. So it's already embedded in there. So it's kind of like it's kind of like a stepping stone. Like you create the content and then you can you can add on to it and you can create things through through Magic School, but then adding on to it using the chatbot. Right, right, exactly. Uh, Carly just mentioned Magic School. Um, that was that was kind of the second direct place that I was hoping that we would go, uh, and that would be you know some of the specific tools that have been made for lesson planning and teacher tasks and everything that are assisted by by AI. Because you've got your AI assistants like ChatGPT and you know Bing and Bard and all of those that are kind of like general purpose ones. But if we're gonna narrow it down a little bit more, there are a handful of those tools that are made for teachers that have a little bit of extra training on, you know, what does lesson planning look like? What are best practices in education and everything? So, um, Carly, you mentioned Magic School. Do you want to dive a little deeper into that one or maybe kind of, you know, show us a, a variety of those tools? Like what 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 else is there in the realm of all of these lesson planning tools? So, yeah, uh, Magic School is, is a great one. They have a ton of different tools that you can use. For example, you can create academic content creator. And then, like I mentioned, then they have the chatbot embedded in. So it's kind of like it's kind of both. You've got the chatbot and then you've got these tools. There's also um, Diffit, which is you can turn literally anything into uh, differentiated instruction. Um, you can put in a YouTube video link, you can put in an article, a website, and it will create content um, for you right now and into Google Slides, Google Docs that you can give to your students. And then there's Curapod, which you can put in a prompt or your standards and it will create a, a slideshow for you. So a presentation for you that you can use with your students. Yeah. Um, when it comes to lesson planning, I think probably Magic School and EduAid definitely have my eye. Uh, one of the things I like about Magic School is that it has more than 40 of these teacher tools. They're almost like little mini chatbots that have been trained to do something specific, like, um, you know, generate lesson plans or generate unit plans or uh, create assessments. There's a teacher joke generator. There's a, uh, a colleague or staff member song generator. I mean, there's just like a little fun things inside of it too. And what's nice about it is you can take lots of those things and kind of build them together uh, to create a lot of the stuff that you need, or at least a first draft. Um, the thing that I like about EduAid is that you start with what they call a lesson seed. So lesson seed is, it's it's almost kind of like a, a unit plan or um, it's got all of the basics of a, um, you know, of a, of a lesson plan. And then you can go from there to add more things to it. And what's kind of cool about that is the, um, the entire lesson is just right there on the screen, kind of top to bottom. And then you're able to go, go forward and kind of modify it on the screen, which is, which is pretty cool. So, um, and then like Carly mentioned, there are, you know, we've got other uh, ed tech tools that are starting to incorporate artificial intelligence into them also. And, um, you know, the, the more that we go, I think um, the more that, that AI is going to continue to creep into lots of those tools to the point that maybe after a while we won't even really realize that it's there. It'll just become kind of like a, a normal part 
of things. It's it's going to be interesting to see how this sort of changes the whole uh, trajectory of lesson plans and, and what, what teachers do in the classroom, at least I think anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll be, it's, you'll start to, I start to notice the little magic. There's a little magic, almost like an emoji that you see on things and it's, you click it and it will enhance something for you. And it's, it's starting to show up in a lot of our favorite tools. And um, it's like you said, it's going to be interesting to see what it does and how it helps teachers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, we've got a great big blog post that you can get in the show notes at ditch.link slash podcast. Uh, that's all about lesson planning with AI. And one of the big additions that we made to it was we've got this section called 15 ways to use AI to enhance existing lessons. That's probably my favorite part of the post. And what's neat about it is with lots of these, you're just using a simple AI assistant like ChatGPT, and it's just giving you lots of suggestions. Here are a couple of my favorites that we haven't covered yet. Uh, I like how uh, it's it suggests to ask AI an AI assistant for analogies. You know, a lot of the way that our our brain works as far as trying to understand new content is to use something else as a reference point uh, or to be able to you know, kind of like organize it in the same way as something else. So asking for analogies can be really helpful. Um, another one I really like is asking an AI assistant for common misconceptions or struggles. I know for me, I'm going to get ready to go back in the classroom in January and, um, you know, just kind of reminding myself of the things that students struggle with. But honestly, even if you've been teaching for a long time and you feel like you've got a good feel for what the things are that students struggle with the most, it might not be bad to go ask the AI assistant, hey, you know, what what are some common misconceptions or struggles about this? And just see what it says. And it might illustrate something that um, that you didn't really think about. And then finally, one other one that, that I really like is that uh, you can ask an AI assistant to align your lesson to content standards. I know for me, sometimes doing some of this content standard stuff feels like drudgery a little bit. Not, not that I don't believe in content standards or anything, but, um, you know, having to do the paperwork and the justification and all of that stuff. It's like, I feel like it's in my, my heart and in my mind already, but having to put it on paper can be, um, not so fun and sometimes feels like it's not the best use of my time. Um, so anyway, those are, those are just a few of those that, that you can find, but, um, uh, lots of lots of things that you can you can use to help plan your lessons with artificial intelligence with some of these these ideas right out of this post. Tech tips. Okay, for our tech tip, this is an idea from Nadine Gilkison, and she has this great idea of using your students' interests to create content using AI. So a lot of these tools that um, we've talked about in um, today's episode, but then also in content on the blog, we can go in and actually write prompts that use our students' interests to make it more relevant to them. Um, for example, Magic School actually has a tool. We talked about Magic School um, before. And Magic School has, actually has a tool that's called Make It Relevant. And you can make content relevant using your students' interests. So you 
a lot of us will put it, give these kids, um, give our kids a interest survey at the beginning of the year. We ask them, you know, what are you into? What do you like? Um, we want to know about our kids. And this is a great way to use that information to create content or to enhance content using what they're interested in. And so Magic School has this quizzes. AI has um you can enhance the quizzes with real world scenarios. So I just think it's it's a cool, it's a great way to use what our students are into, what the real world is like, and start creating content that will really grab their attention. So um, that's a great idea from Nadine. Yeah, I, I love that, that idea of just getting some creative ideas for making things relevant. That reminds me, um, there's a teacher librarian in Texas named Jean Darnell. Uh, I was, uh, actually did a whole interview with her about some, some AI stuff that she was doing in her, her library. And she said, uh, one thing that she did was she found that she had lots of fans of Beyonce and her students. And so she turned her, um, out of office reply into a message that was full of a whole bunch of Beyonce song titles. Uh, she kind of like, it, she asked a, an AI assistant to just infuse that out of office reply with a whole bunch of Beyonce titles. So it's just fun little creative thing. And so if you know that students are into that kind of thing, uh, can, you can, you can kind of get some new ideas in, in that way, which I thought was, was super cool. So um, I wanted to share a tech tip that uses Google Forms. See, I think a lot of times we think of using Google Forms to ask people to fill things out for us, uh, whether that's surveys or having students do quizzes. Usually what we do is we create the form and then we give it to somebody else. I have used it from time to time, Google Forms that is, and actually you can use uh, Microsoft Forms for this as well. Um, I've used it from time to time to gather information for myself. So I'll create a form. Uh, for example, there, there was one point where I was using it to help um, gather feedback on student work. Uh, there's been other times where I've used it to kind of like log student participation. And so what I would do, like the participation example, I would put all of, the, all of my students' names into the form. And then whenever they would participate in class, I could just, you know, add a point, just, you know, put put down a point for for them in the little um, you know, sort of like short answer section of that form. So in that case, I'm just using it to, to keep track of all of those. And then whenever class is over, I just hit submit and then it collects all of that information. And of course, inside of the Google Sheet, it's all time stamped too. So you know when it was that that you did it. Um, so if you start to think, you know, what what are a set of questions or a set of inputs that I gather on a regular basis? And could I make a form so that I could, you know, consistently put those all into the same place? Sometimes people don't think about using Google Forms that way, but that's that's another one um, that that I think could be helpful in a variety of ways in the classroom. And save students and save teachers time. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So anyway, if you want to get more information about those tech tips, you can go to ditch.link slash podcast uh, and grab all of that in our show notes. Quick teaching strategies. So for today's quick teaching strategy, I wanted to talk a little bit about feedback. Um, I know sometimes it's really tough to give 
everybody meaningful feedback. In fact, there's a post that we did on Ditch That Textbook not too long ago called How Do I Give Feedback to 100 Plus Students? Made me think back to when I was teaching and you know had six classes of kids and there's at least 20 kids in each one. And if I gave an assignment and then I wanted to provide meaningful feedback on each one and I did it across all of those classes, that's like 120 uh, different assignments that I would have to grade. And so it, it kind of starts to at, beg the question of how do I give meaningful feedback at scale when you have lots and lots of students? And one strategy that I've come across not too long ago is to create kind of like a checklist of common things that you usually look for whenever you're grading student work. And so I know for me, whenever I'm grading things in Spanish, I'm looking for, sometimes I'm looking for spelling or I'm looking for verb conjugations or grammar usage or, you know, any of that stuff. There's a certain list of things that I sort of subconsciously am always looking for. So what I could do is create sort of a checklist and give that to all of my students and say, hey, whenever you've got something that you're working on, if you go down through this checklist, these are the things that I look for anyway. Give it a look and see if you can find any of these things. Kind of scout it out on your own. And so in that case, it's not teacher feedback because we know that teacher feedback doesn't scale very well, right? There's only one of me and there's more than a hundred of them sometimes. So uh, it's not teacher feedback. It's also not peer feedback. This is kind of like self-feedback. And so given students kind of like a little checklist that they can go through before they turn it in might save you from having to do as much of the work, but also might make them a little bit more independent learners. So that's a quick teaching strategy that hopefully you can use. I wanted to share um, this idea that we we have a blog post about um, that you wrote uh, quite a while ago and we've updated a few times. It's called the add and pass strategy. And the idea is that a student would start um, a story or you give a prompt and the, and the student would start a story and they write a little bit and then they pass it on to someone else. And you can have multiple students um, adding and passing. You could have, I mean, you could even have the entire class pass along and, and keep going with the entire story. But a lot of times um, we get stuck with the, uh, with the beginning part of it. So um, this is where AI could be a great um, content creator for you is you can ask AI to create a story prompt or maybe even the beginning of a story and then have your students add to it. So it could be that students are working in a group, about five kids, have AI start a prompt. And with AI, you could create a different prompt for every group and have the students then um, write write it with the group, adding and passing along as they go. You could create a different prompt for every kid, or you could create the same prompt for the entire class and just see how it changes. And so it's a fun way to get them writing creatively. And with AI, it's an easy way to build and bring in your content standards, or like we were talking earlier, make it relevant to what, what they're interested in. So you could ask it to write about, say, Roblox. I mean, my son loves Roblox, so it could be something like that. Get their interest high, or if you wanted to have to have it create um, a writing prompt about your content, you could do that as well. So it's a good way to do this really fun strategy, but then also bring in your content or make it relevant for your kids. Yeah, this this one is such a fun strategy. I've done this in um, 
my Spanish classes before where it's like you take a piece of paper, you know, of course you don't have to do it. You can do it on a document if you want, but you know, take a piece of paper and you start to write a little bit. And so you start that story and then you hand it to somebody else and then they write a little bit and then you hand it off and then they write a little bit. And it's just fun to see what the entire group creates. And of course, you know, getting a little shot in the arm of some extra creativity from AI obviously makes it a little bit easier. So um, love that one. That's, that's fun. So those are a couple of quick teaching strategies that you can use in your class right away. Template of the week. So this week's template of the week is one that uses some artificial intelligence, but doesn't have students directly using it. It's a template called Be the Bot. And there are so many different ways to be able to use this one. It's a pretty simple activity. Carly, you want to tell everybody a little bit about it? So yeah, this is a very simple template that we have uh, in our template library. And it's Google Slides. Um, you can also download it in PowerPoint. And you will have students paired up. And one student would type a question into the text box, being um, like you would, you would be that student is, is you typing into an AI chatbot. And then the other student would respond in the other text box below it, pretending to be an AI assistant. So they're going to respond as if they're an AI assistant. So read the question and then respond as if they're an assistant like ChatGPT. So it's a fun way to, for students to kind of put themselves into what an AI assistant might say. Yeah, this it's this is super fun because you know it's almost like one student is taking the place of the human that asks the question or you know creates the prompt for the AI, but then the other student is really just trying to summarize what they think AI would say. Um, you know, if you think about it, um, you know AI can't give you all of the information about a particular topic whenever you ask it a question it has to sort of prioritize what's important and by doing that you have to make sort of like a series of, of judgment calls so to speak on what's the most important what do you think people are are most likely to really want and by doing that students have to kind of think critically about what they've learned. Um, so you could do this activity, like Carly said, where you have one student playing the part of, you know, creating the prompt or asking the question. And you could have the other student pretending to be the AI assistant and responding. Now, of course, what's fun about that is once they're done, if the teacher runs it through an AI assistant, runs the same prompt through the AI assistant, then they can look at what the AI really created and then look at what they created and see where the similarities and differences lie. I've also used this in sort of a whole group setting where I'll give an entire group a prompt that I'm going to put into AI and I'll say, what do you think the AI is going to say? And then have them sort of like summarize it. Um, I've done this in professional development where I'll go to, you know, a city, like let's pretend that I'm in Philadelphia and I'll, I'll say, okay, here's the prompt. Uh, the prompt is I am a tourist in Philadelphia and I'm going to spend three days in Philadelphia. What are the top things that I should do? And so then I have, you know, small groups of, of the teachers in my professional development making their list and then, you know, categorizing them or um, ordering them one, two, three, four, five. And then we run it in the AI assistant to see how close it was. And um, there's lots of different ways that you can that you can use this. Basically, whatever students have been studying, if um, 
you know, if you if you come up with a prompt related to it, then they have to try to guess what they think the AI assistant is going to say. Um, it also does bring up lots of good conversation afterwards because sometimes they're like, oh, no, that shouldn't have made the list or, oh, I put this one thing on my list and they, it should have definitely said it, but it didn't. And, um, you know, or they they argue about what the most important thing is or whatever. It can it can bring up some spirited debate. So um, this one. Carly, like you said, this this can be an activity that's an awful lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you said, it it would be fun for to see how many students or how many of us bring in our opinions into it when we're supposed to be just answering it, it exactly the way, it, literally answering it, and not not bringing in our our own opinions. So I think, like you said, it would be a good fuel for higher level conversations about it. Yeah, for sure. So uh, if you want to get this template, you can head to ditch.link slash podcast and get the link in the show notes. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Ditch That Textbook podcast. And like we said in our big idea, hopefully you've got some ideas related to lesson planning that might be able to save you some time. Um, one of the things that makes me most excited about this is that you know, this is the potential to take some things off of the plates of busy teachers. So many things are just adding more and more. And I feel like this is one of those rare instances, Carly, where, um, you know, we, we could actually take some things off and free teachers up for the stuff that matters most. Mm -hmm. And it's, there's so many tools out there and hopefully with the few that we mentioned today, you can think, well, oh, I could, I could use that. Maybe, maybe you'll go into the show notes or, or look at our lesson planning posts and, and just try a few of them out and, and find one or two that will save you time. You don't need to try them all. You don't have to do them all. But if you, if you find one that saves you even five minutes a day, then I think, uh, then it, it's, it's worth it. Well, uh, that, that wraps it up for this episode. We thank you so much for joining us. Next week, we're going to continue sharing a couple more things AI-related, but also some other stuff, too. We'll keep you caught up on all the things related to Ditch Summit and hopefully get you some more things that you can use in your classroom right away. So for Carly Mora, I'm Matt Miller. This is the Ditch That Textbook Podcast. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Ditch That Textbook podcast. Get new teaching ideas in your inbox by subscribing to our email newsletter at ditch.link slash join. Show notes for this episode are available at ditch.link slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss any episodes. And while you're there, please consider rating and reviewing the show. Thanks for listening, textbook ditchers, and we'll catch you on the next episode.